Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we're going to discuss considerations to take into account in today's inflationary and supply-constrained economy. Welcome, Carly. Well, thank you. That's quite a mouthful of a title there. So we've got, uh, let's see, considerations. Now, today's inf- inflammatory and supply-constrained economy, that's, that's a lot to say. So you must have a lot to cover. Well, I, th- I think so. And whether or not companies are actually doing strategic planning like we are here at PMPA. Well, yeah, we're also nonprofits. Yeah. The fact remains that if they're not doing a strategic adjustment right now, they could be making a serious error. Well, that's a fact. You have major, I mean, strategic plan is that it's a plan, but it's not etched in stone because you just can't foresee the future. No, I no. I mean, I wish you could. No stone tablets in strategic planning. <laughs> that's that's, right. that's <laughs> why you do it on a spreadsheet. That's right, and something I can edit and change. <laughs> yeah. So right now, we're all in a regime of very high inflation and really high uncertainty. I mean, do we, do we even know? I mean, we can't even get crackers at the store. Then suddenly we've got too many crackers. I mean... Do you know what happened to me the other day? I couldn't get peanut butter. And I know Jeff's on a recall, but there's like no peanut butter. No peanut butter. No peanut butter. Yeah. Hey, McDonald's, have you run out of fries? <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken. You got chicken? <laughs> that happened to me. I asked, that happened to me too. I asked for original, and they stuck a one piece of, um, of the extra crispy. It's like, you want your three-piece, mister. <laughs> That's what you're you, getting. You're getting cereal on it and, instead. Anyway, safe to say we're all familiar with the strange goings-on right now with what's available, what isn't, supply chain and such. Absolutely. And this supply uncertainty, it, it works against us in two ways. First, we can't get what we need. And second, because our customers can't get what they need, their needs are more urgent, so every every call from a customer is, I need it now, I need it now, I need it now. Throw the plan out the window. What plan? <laughs> it's right. gone. It's, they, their plans are shot, too. It's, it's, it's gone. So, so our shops, you, Mr. and Mrs. Listener out there in Precision Machining Land, you get to feel every supply shock, not just the ones that you get, but the ones your customer gets, too. Yeah, it, and that's you got to be able to react to that. I mean, a lot of people are playing defense right now instead of offense, but if you have, like you said, some considerations, I'm, I'm sure you're going to give them something to think about to help them play defense. Well, let's look at a playbook, Carly. Let's. <laughs> let's look at a playbook. The only thing we can be sure of these days is higher costs and short supplies. Ugh, true. Right? Yeah. Last PPI release? Double digits, CPI eight percent. No are we argument do? there. No yeah. argument, right? Right. Right. So I have a few ideas. Four. Four. Four, in fact. It's a nice even number. Four, in fact. Okay. For our listeners to consider as they deal with this 
I get all the shocks, and I can't get what I need. And by the way, my money doesn't buy as much anymore, world. And this is great, I'm sure. You can get so muddled out there. This is great. Give them four things to help them clarify their thinking. So tell us, what's the first one? First one, before you start thinking, consider how effective you were last year with your plan, your themes, your thesis, your ideas. There's always lessons to be learned, whether it went well or whether it did not go well. Always lessons. And let's face it, the last few years, there, there's no rhythm. There's no, there, it's hard to compare apples to apples. It's, You've got apples to steak. It's, 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 it's like not even music, because music at least has a beat. We've had such high rate of change. There's not even a beat. I mean, it's almost, the, what's that saying? The only constant is change? Yeah. 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 That's, that's it. But if you're listening, you made it through. Yay. You had, your ideas worked. Your plans somehow came together. So look at your strengths. Look at what worked because chances are pretty good you're going to be reliant on those same things in this current situation. I also suggest looking at the weaknesses, because like I said, you can learn from your mistakes. Sometimes you can turn those weaknesses into strengths. Yeah, I, I can't do arithmetic. I got an MBA. But... <laughs> 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 All right, so what's next? I think that the thing that a lot of people throughout the economy fail to get right is what are the measures of success? Oh, I was just having this conversation the other day that you have to define success. You, you, I love that you just said that. You, you, you must define success. And in manufacturing, we need real operational measures. We need gritty measures. We need authentic, I'm going to call them metrics. Okay. As opposed to nice to haves. All right. I'm sorry, you're going to have to clarify that for me and probably the listeners. What's the difference? I'll give you an example. Okay. Salesperson comes into your office and says, I have three new trial orders from new accounts. Okay. Yay. Metric of success. Yeah. Next salesman comes in and says, I made 30 cold calls to potential accounts. Hmm. So? Yeah. <laughs> what are the results? So, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Metrics for success are not a, a reflection of your, your performance. They give you an understanding of the result of your performance. It makes total sense. It's, it, you're measuring, it, it's like when I always say people often confuse moving with advancement. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So if you're just making the calls, yeah. good for you. But if you're actually out there bringing in the new customers. 10,000 steps on a treadmill is not 10,000 steps getting you from A to B. That's right. I get it. I like that. So um, reporting on activities, eh, not a big deal. Um, you know, I want to understand the positive decisions, the positive outcomes as a result of your activities. And that's, that's what I'm going for. Authentic results, not just a weather report. Oh, I like that. Weather report just stating yeah. the activity. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Right. You know, I can stick my own nose out. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
you got two down. What's your third one? Well, avoiding the ruts. Okay. What are, what are you, how do you define ruts? Well, what do you think? In, in, in planning and in management, the ruts I've seen are, we'll just do what we did last year only, raise it 5%. Oh, I've seen that too. Save as. You know? Save yeah, as. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Business as usual, just increase the bogey. <laughs> who, who could define business as usual right now? I don't even <laughs> think I could define that. I'm struggling for business because right now business seems to be just take shocks and react, right? Business is unusual. If business is unusual. But yeah, for so sure. I, I could see where that would be a rut if you actually yeah. think it's business as usual right now. And then we already mentioned it before. You talked about the stone tablets. The folks at the top pronounced the new plan <laughs> carved on engraved oh. granite, right? Here it yeah. is, folks. Because Make I said so. Because I said so. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right, so. Talk to me a little bit more about rut number one. Um, extrapolating from last year's curve is unlikely to be successful. I would welcome only linear linear increases in costs, right? At I least mean, you could predict it. I mean, we did a couple podcasts ago. It was parabolic. Right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> right? Yeah, yes, parabolic. How could I forget? Linear, extrapolate, <laughs> parabolic. Hello, business as unusual. As unusual. As unusual. You know, last year everybody knew the world was round. We just <laughs> fell off the flat earth. <laughs> if you could get to the end of the earth, I mean, it seems like there's barriers in the middle of all the oceans considering what we can't get imported anymore. Ex- exactly right. Plus our government's strong tariffs, tariff rate quotas, oh. barriers. Hey, want to help you out, right? Okay. Help, in quotes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right number two, thinking that nothing has changed. Oh my goodness. How blind would you have to be at this day and age? I mean, when things were kind of I dare I say calm. <laughs> I mean, it's all relative, right? Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's You'd have to have blinders on right now. I mean, or in denial. I mean, even the nature of change has changed. That's true. Our definition of change has changed. It really has. Yeah. We have sudden, precipitous, economy-wide, global shocks. Okay? Business as usual. Let's just declare war in Europe. Land war in Europe. By the way, <laughs> embargo everything. Energy supplies you know, hello. <laughs> I think COVID has conditioned us to absorb these shocks better than we would have in the past, but it is one blow after blow. It, it's, it's constant. It's yeah. just constant. We're taking it. The next rut. Yeah. Y- you know me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. So, um, might be a little contrarian here. Oh, I see some authority bashing on the agenda. You know me too well. Yeah. The folks at the top hand down the stone tablets of their imparted strategic wisdom. Mm. Listeners, I wish you could see the look on his face right now. These tablets arrive dead on arrival. Mm -hmm. They are dead on arrival. Now is the time when we need to poll everyone. We need to know what purchasing seeing for materials. We need to know what purchasing seeing for tools and coatings. We need to know what our tool suppliers are seeing for raw materials for their products. 
we need to hear what our operators and operations team are. I mean, we need we need collective wisdom. We need the wisdom of the crowd here, not, hey, this is how I see it, and by golly, make it so. Yeah, one pers- I mean, rarely can one perspective get it done anyway. I mean, you really do want the feedback, but you need it now more than ever. We've got people putting stainless steel bars in airplanes. I just, I, I still can't wrap my head around that one. I mean, we need the to rules listen have to changed. everybody. Everything has changed. <laughs> change has changed. Change has changed. But you're right, you, you got to hear from customers, from employees, from suppliers, from get as much information as you can so you can make an educated decision and then hope there isn't another huge change that changes that. And you know what else, Carly? What else, Miles? They could consult with their associates and staff at PMPA. Well, you know, PMPA has proven to be quite a resource. You know, we've got some reports so they can calibrate on wages. We've got some reports so they can see that their sales are up just as much as everybody else's. And it's not just you, you've got the best sales team in the world. So does a lot of other people, right? I mean, there's a lot going on. So why not calibrate yeah. with your peers? Use the information that's available to you. Yeah. You are 100% right. So... That game plan, we're talking about forward progress. Those right. three those three ruts, those could derail that those forward progress. So definitely. Don't do that. Definitely. So, all right, so what's your fourth tip? Well, it's no longer back to the future. I'm talking about the movie? Well, it's like what worked before isn't a guarantee. Oh, that's true. You know what? Environment you know, has changed. Yeah. Too many the, factors have changed. The gull wings on a Tesla look a lot cooler than they do on a DeLorean. I don't know. I still love that DeLorean. Well, that was But a I cool know what car. you mean. <laughs> it was cool for its time. It was very cool. Carly, let's just review it. Okay. The economy has changed. Yes. Government has changed. Yes. Customers have changed. Yes. Our access to materials and supplies has changed. Oh, yes. Supply chain has <laughs> changed <laughs> and dying. Yeah. Tariffs have changed. Yeah. We've got geopolitics like nobody's oh, business. That has been exponential. Ex- parabolic, dare parabolic. I say. Parabolic. <laughs> and unlike COVID, which you mentioned how that set us up for being able to cope. Yeah. Unlike COVID, we're not all in this together. What Russia wants is different than what EU wants. What EU wants is different than what China wants. What China wants is different than what the U.S. and the Western Hemisphere wants. What the Southern Hemisphere wants is different than the Northern Hemisphere. We're not all in this together. We've all become now nationalists. We're erecting barriers. We're putting up borders. We want to assure because it's scarcity mindset. In survival mode. Survival mode. We want ours first. Yeah. How's that for cooperation? Wow. Wow. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. Our costs have changed. Yes. (laughs) Change has changed. I agree. And the rate of change of the rate of change has accelerated. (laughs) The rate of change of the rate of change has changed. The rate of change of the rate of change has changed. Catch that in your rear view mirror. Mm, Can't. Yeah. You can't. You're right. So, okay, I get your back to the future reference now. Clinging to the past won't help you. No. You really have to understand where you are now, 
respect what works today, what you have today, and what has changed today is your new reality. And get other people's yeah. perspectives because you can only see so much. That's right. It's no longer three channels and only in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> A lot has changed. A lot has changed. All right, so what are some of the things you would suggest prioritizing? I'm glad you asked, Carly. I'm sure you are. I'm glad you asked. Priority number one, viable, credit-worthy customers. Don't waste your time unless they are viable and credit-worthy. I get it. You've, you've got limited resources, limited time, limited staff, limited, limited, limited. Why waste your time on customers that don't respect you? Kind of like doing that spring cleaning we talked about once before. Exactly. Now it's become essential. Exactly. What is your customer, what is your company doing to cultivate your customers? Your customers are your private little garden. It should be treasured. And it should, there should be not a weed. Not a weed, Carly. Not a weed. And, and you're taking care of each and every one of them. Absolutely. And sometimes the very best gardeners, they use their Swiss trimmers to prune <laughs> the bushes. <laughs> Okay, I got to tell you guys why that's funny. (laughs) Literally, out of the side of my, out of the peripheral vision in my office, I have this huge window, and I love this window, but it had this bush with floppy little things that would go as the wind would blow, and it was driving me crazy, and Miles saved the day, came in with his, what did you call them, pruning shears? Pruning shears. And Tripp just cut those right off, and I got to tell you, I, it's made a huge difference. <laughs> More productive. You got More that video done today. It was the darndest thing to be a distraction. Anyway, I digress. But yes, the, the best gardeners do use that. And then don't forget about employees. Well, abso- absolutely. Developing, retaining the talent that you have. I consider that to be um, co-first with customers. It's not like second. It's like co-first. Right. Customers first, employee retention and development first. Which is first? They're co-first, right? It's like the chicken and the egg. Yeah. It's probably a better analogy, but yeah, you you can't have one without the other. Right. And unless they're both balanced, it's not going to work. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Even though I'm pretty sure you made up the word co-first. I'm sure I did, but you know what? (laughs) Spell check didn't pitch it. So first among equals is probably the best way, but it's it, the, the customer has the priority because without them, we don't need. Right. You don't, need, don't need the performance. Productions, right. So, so that's, that's how that's I true. look at it. So that's true. All righty. All right. So anything else? Yeah, this is my final, this is the drum roll, please oh. unveil the secret of today's economy. Okay. I'm ready. Listeners, do not be fooled by your high bank balances. Do not be seduced by those nice-looking accounts that you see on all those reports with lots and lots of dollars. All right, Mr. MBA. I'm pretty sure cash is king, so I'm going to need more of an explanation, please. Actually, cash is queen, but you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. (laughs) And 
here's the deal. A critical input to our businesses is capital. Yeah. But in terms of the current high inflation, and in terms of the current short supply, and in terms of the difficulties getting things through customs and tariffs and docks and everything else, I'm going to propose that a million dollars in your bank account is not worth a million dollars if it can't buy a million dollars worth of what you need. Stainless steel, high-grade oil, medical-grade this, something like that. You may have a million dollars, but it's buying power in today's situation. Maybe nowhere near a million dollars. Okay, okay, I'm following you. So how do you like determine what your buying power is if you don't if you're not looking at your at the money well, at your available funds? Well, the important thing is what will it's not what will your money buy now? Yeah. It's what will your money likely be able to afford in the future? And that means that million dollars is not going to buy a million dollars if my inflation rate is in double digits. If it's 4% for a couple years, I've, I've lost a chunk, of, uh, a chunk of money, right? Right. So you're, if you're lucky, if you're savvy, you're increasing your prices yeah. right along with the price increases you have paid. Yeah, well, otherwise you're paying the customer to be their customer. Right. Be your customer. But here's the thing. Wow. Just like the armed services is always designing equipment to fight the last war <laughs> you're you're raising you're adjusting your prices for the last price maybe not even keeping up with the current price what if you had to replace that material that tool that oil that that special thing could you do it on it's not what you paid it's right. what is the replacement now you know i don't mm -hmm. care whether they call that last in first out and they don't like it the fact of the matter is in inflation that's how you're going to replace that material. I like it. So, okay, so thinking about buying power. So the units sold have anything to do with that? That's exactly the point, Carly. Don't be tricked. Don't be fooled that my sales dollars are up. I must be doing okay. Your sales dollars may be up double digits. Right. But your volume is still level. And you're thinking you're ahead. But it's just the price increase. It's just the price increase. You've mm -hmm. got to pay attention to unit volume. Got to pay attention to unit volume. The idea that I can just look at the bottom line, I see a bunch of cash and everything's good, that is not helpful. Recipe for disaster. You're right. That deserves a drum roll. That, I, I thought so. So everything has changed. Yeah. Even change has changed. Change has changed. The rate of change has changed. The rate of change has changed. <laughs> And we just really need to consider how it is we evaluate our success. And that doesn't mean paying attention to activity. It means paying attention to results of that activity. We do the right thing. Did we do it right? And did it result in the right outcome? And then are we measuring our, our systems correctly? And it's not just in dollars. When the, when the yardstick in dollars is made out of rubber, <laughs> <laughs> right? 
right? It's not measuring a yard it's anymore. It's not measuring a yard anymore. Mm -hmm. So let's also recalibrate by focusing on unit volume and productivity. And that's what I think people need to do in this current environment to uh, be successful. That wraps up today's podcast on the rate of change of the rate of change and how that affects your small... <laughs> and how it changed. <laughs> and how it changed. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You don't want to miss one. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org, where you can also search for articles, webinars, more podcasts, and other resources. And if you aren't already taking advantage of a PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see the myriad of benefits. And why is a PMPA membership so important, Miles? Because the rate of change of the rate of change <laughs> has changed. No. No. Take two. Because, because we, we are, are better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles. <laughs>